Welcome to Pax Hospice, Words of Encouragement. We want to thank you for joining us today as we exalt the Word of God to modify and to edify His people. We want to encourage you today that during these times, that all things work together for the good of them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. It may not feel good right now, but rest assured they are working for your good. I hope that you find comfort and I hope that you are blessed with these words of encouragement. May God continue to bless you. Uh, about today that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Um, I wanted to, to take you back a little bit today to the Old Testament and talk about a a really a one word that we kind of misuse, uh, not just on Sundays, but every day in our life, and that is the word worship. I wanted to talk about worship today because I, I, I have a desire to, to show you that every day of our lives, we ought to be worshiping God. And so when I wanted to talk about that, um, I wanted to look at one scripture in particularly from the book of Isaiah uh, chapter one and Isaiah chapter one. And I wish I wish that if you had your iPhones um, or whatever you got that you can kind of either write it down or follow me in the text. This has become more of a Bible study on Fridays to me now than just words of encouragement, because words of encouragement helps. But when you can go um, to the Bible and have Bible study that you can take something with you uh, throughout the day and throughout the week. So Isaiah 6 and 1 reads thusly, In the year that King Uzziah or Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Let me read it again. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting up on the throne, high and lifted up, and listen, his train filled the temple. And I want to ask you a question to consider. Uh, is your worship real? That's, that's what I want you to, uh, you don't have to answer to me, but is your worship real? When Part of the problem my brothers and sisters, uh, today is that sometimes we don't really understand the power of words. Words are so powerful that what we say can alter and sometimes determine our behavior. And when we look at the word worship, worship, it literally derives from the Hebrew word worth. Ship. So there's two, really two words making one word. And there's a difference when we talk about worship and when we talk about praise. Because whenever we worship, we worship God for who he is. And whenever we praise God, we praise him because of what he's done. Y'all understand me. So when we gather, some of us think that the only time that we can worship God 
is when we gather together on a Sunday morning or whenever you gather. And when we gather here, whenever you do that, all it is is that you're really signifying to a corporate body, like we're signifying one to another right now when we gather here at this time, really the worship of our God. What is God worth to me? And so, in other words, we gather here this morning at 10 o'clock every Friday because we want to make a corporate statement without hesitation, without reservation, about the worship of our God. I want y'all to follow me about, in other words, what is God worth to you? And what does God mean to me in worth and in value? And so I am part of a public body that gives a public appraisal of what the worth of God is in my life. Now, a lot of us go through things but what we have to question is, what is God worth? Will I still worship God? Can I worship him when I get a bad report? Can I worship God when I don't have money in the bank? What is God worth? Because what God is doing, he is seeking true and authentic worship. So in this day and time, we got to be for real. We can't be shucking and jiving. We got to be for real. Well, some of you are asking, well, Pastor Hutchins or Brother Hutchins, whatever you want to call me, how will I know this? How will I know whether my worship is real or not? And so when I looked at this text, this text really showed me four things that will prove whether or not I am for real or if I'm fake. And what Isaiah said that in the year that my uncle Uzziah or Uzziah died. He says, for the first time, I experienced what real worship really was. So he says that whenever your worship has been real, there ought to be four things that happen in your life. He says, first of all, when it's been real, that there will be the death of something significant. That will be the death of something significant. Look at verse one. He says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I also saw the Lord sitting upon a throne. Now, when you look at that, some people say that he uses this as some type of chronological time frame, which means he was talking about around the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Around a time, I saw the Lord. But in my study, I don't believe that it's chronologically, but I believe that it is a testament of theology because he's saying that in the year that my uncle died, that's when I saw the Lord. Now, some of you, I got to take you down memory lane to understand who Uzziah was. Uzziah was the ninth king of Judah's history. He was about 16 uh, when he took the throne of Jerusalem. He ruled for over 52 years in Judah. Uzziah brought great prosperity to Judah and, and Jerusalem. He, he rebuilt and he reformed towers. He was a significant man. He kept everybody in line. He kept everybody in control. I mean, never before had Judah experienced such prosperity and all of it happened under Uzziah's leadership. And because of Uzziah's strengths, 
because of his power, Judah looked to Uzziah as being the source of their peace, the source of their protection, and the source of their prosperity. As a matter of fact, Uzziah got so caught up with his accolades and with his pride because folk looked to him as the source of their blessing. That sounds like somebody else I know. I'll just keep it to myself. And whenever you look to other folks as the source of your blessing, then you're going to mess up. And what God said to Israel, Isaiah, he says, listen, he says, since y'all feel that your blessings are based on Uzziah, since y'all feel because your blessing is based on a man or a woman, don't you know that I'm a jealous God and thou shall have no other God before me? And so since you feel that way, what I will do, I will let us I die. And so he says, I couldn't see the Lord because Uzzi was in the way. And let me ask y'all a question that's on the call here. Who is and what is your Uzzi? What is in your life that's keeping you from seeing and getting a real glimpse of who God is in your life? I mean, what is it? Is it your job? Is it your money? But because sometimes when we didn't have no job, when we didn't have no money, then we would praise God. We would worship God. We would pray to God. But now since God has given us some money, since he's given us a job, then we all of a sudden forgot about who he was. So that's maybe why people lose their job. Maybe that's why God lets you get broke. Because God said, if your job is your other, I'll kill it. If your money is your other, I'll let you get broke. Because it is in him that we live and we move and we have our very, very being. So too many of us, y'all, we can't see God because something or someone is in the way. Maybe it's a grudge that you're holding against someone. Maybe you hadn't forgiven that individual. You, you, you can't have real worship until Uzzah is out of your life. So you need to ask yourself the question, what's causing me to be separated from God? Well, what's causing me to feel that intertwined with God that I need to feel? But he said, not only will there be the death of something significant, but when your, when your worship is really real, there that's when deity can be seen. He said, I saw also the Lord, but I couldn't see the Lord until Uzziah or Uzziah died. He was lifted up and look what he says about him. His train filled the temple. And you know what a train is? It's like the train of a wedding dress. I, I said, you know, you ladies, when you, they, they don't, sometimes they don't have trains anymore, but they have these big trains that fill the aisle of, of the church, of the temple. And, and that's what Isaiah said. He said the train of God's glory filled the temple. He said his train filled the temple, not his face, not his dress, not, not, not his arms, his feet. But he said he couldn't get into the temple because the train filled it up. And don't you know, y'all, if his train can fill the temple, then his hands can fill your bank account. 
If, if his train can fill the temple, then Yolanda, his healing can touch your body. If his train can can fill uh, the temple, then his presence alone can fill the voids of anybody or anything that you may have lost in your life. He said, I saw him. And let me tell you something as I go on. You know that your worship is real when you can see him and everything that you and I do, it ought to be about Jesus. Not about me. Not about you, but everything that we do, it ought to be about God. But not only will you have the death of something significant, and not only will deity be seen, but he says the third thing that, that will happen when your worship is real is that there will be a desire to be sanitized. There will be a desire to be sanitized. Look at what happened. Let me show you the sanitation here in verse number three. He said, one cried unto another, Holy, holy, holy. It is a Trinitarian reference. Is it the Trinity? Why did they cry three times? It didn't make sense to me until I looked and thought about who they were crying to. They were crying out to the Godhead, y'all. They were crying out. It was the Father, it was the Son, and it was the Holy, Holy Ghost. They, they said, holy, holy, holy. And Isaiah heard them say that. And when, and look at what he said in verse number five, when he heard them say that in verse five, he says, woe is me. I can see him throwing up his hands for I am undone. He said, I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of an unclean people. He said, listen, he said, when I saw God, the first thing that I had to do, I had to humble myself. That's what he said. Let me tell you something, y'all. You will know that your worship is real when your arrogant, conceited attitude is gone when you can say that it's not about me, but it's about God. Because let me tell y'all something. It's easy to be puffed up when we measure ourselves up against our brothers and sisters. It's easy to be puffed up when you got a good job and you, you got money and you got some people that are homeless. But let me tell you something. Before our heads bust wide open, we ought to stop comparing ourselves next to them and start comparing yourself to the relationship and the sovereignty of God. And if you do that, it's going to make you say, whoa, I may not ever file bankruptcy, but whoa, I may not have smoked crack before, but whoa, I may not be an alcoholic, but whoa, I am undone. He says that when your worship is real, you see yourself just for who you really are. And you know what? It's hard to look at yourself. It's hard to put people down when you, when you look at yourself in the mirror. It's hard to talk about other folk. When you keep looking at yourself every morning in the mirror, it's hard to point your finger at, at somebody else when God has just showed you you. He says, woe is me. I am undone. Isaiah, Isaiah said, when I saw God, I really realized, Kenyon, how much of a mess I really am. And let me tell you something, just a moment of truth and transparency. I can be a mess. I mean, I, I can be a mess, y'all. I, I mean, and if you be honest today, ain't nobody here but us. You can be a mess too. 
You know, you can be a mess if it wasn't for God's grace, if it wasn't for God's mercy. I, I mean, I would make, I, I mean, I would be messy right now. I, I can be a mess. C- come on, talk to me, y'all. I mean, I, I mean, you're dressed up Sunday, go to church, Bible toting, scripture quoting, self. We all can be a mess. Some of y'all ain't going to be honest, but some of y'all can be a mess too because I know folk. That, that, that can get in themselves, they can speak in tongue and then cuss in English. You say, but sometimes you don't, you don't always want to be filled with the Spirit. We can be a mess. Because if you don't watch yourself and stay humble and stay in the Word of God, we can make a mess out of our lives. That's why I don't care too much for folk who, who think they all of that in a bag of chips and they can't speak to folk because I know that all of us can be a mess. All of us can be a mess. Isaiah said, and I got to go, Isaiah said, when your worship is real, you see yourself for who you really are. That's why you got to learn how to be forgiving, y'all. Because all of us got to woe. You, you, you got to learn how to forgive people. You Forgiving... Forgiving is not for the person, but forgiving is for you. You got to learn how to forgive because all of us can be a woe. We got a woe in our life. Isaiah said that when I saw how pure and how awesome God is and how he was, I see how messed up I am. He said, but what I love about God, God didn't leave him toe up. But, But when he cried, he was undone. He let one of his angels take a coal. Let me show you the sanitation and I'll be through. Take a coal from the altar and the angel put it in, uh, put it on his mouth. It's in verse number six of Isaiah chapter six. Then flew one of the seraphims unto to me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar and laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips and thine iniquity is taken away. He says, when I saw God, I said, I'm unclean. I want you, God, to clean me up. And I don't know about y'all today, but, but as for me, I'm glad that God cleaned me up. I, I, I'm glad that he looked beyond my faults and all of our faults this morning, and he has supplied our need. And is there anybody that's on the call that can say amen, that you got a testimony that I'm so glad that God gave me mercy for my mess? I'm so glad that that God did not kill me in, in my mess, but every day right now, he keeps on blessing us over and over again. And then Isaiah says that after I got my cleansing, I heard a question that was asked that demanded an answer in verse number eight. And Isaiah said the question was this. He says he heard, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah said, I had to answer that question. He said, because that was the death of something significant, because of deity could be seen, because I had a desire to be sanitized. He said the fourth and final thing, and I'm done. When your worship is real, you will make a decision to submit. Because Isaiah made that decision because I heard him say, here am I, send me. So since the Lord has kept me alive, since the Lord has cleansed me of my mess, since the Lord has healed my body, 
then I'm making a decision today, not tomorrow, that Lord, if you need somebody to testify that you are God and beside you there's none other, I got a story to tell. I got a testimony that since you cleaned my life, since you let some things die in my life, I can see clearly the sun is shining. So here am I. Send me. There's some folk on this call that you have been holding on to some things that literally you need to let go of. Whether it's a person, whether it's a sickness, whether it's a problem, whether it's in your finances with your children, you cannot worship real and you cannot have a full connection with God if you are holding on to that thing that's slowly taking you away from the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God told me to tell you to let it go. Let it go. I'll heal your body, but let it go. I'll heal this land, but let it go. I'm not bound to coronavirus. I'm not bound to a presidential election. I worship God because he's worth a whole lot to me. The question is, you all, as we close this call, how much is God worth to you? And what is he worth to you? I tell you, he's worth a whole lot to me. I hope that you have been blessed. I hope that you will take this nugget and put it in your bosom, your spiritual freezer. Because if you don't need it right now, then you'll need it in the future. And you may have to take it out and unthaw it. I'm done. We'll take comments. We'll take comments from the group. We still have a few minutes before this Zoom call ends. But God bless you. And may God keep you. You can unmute yourself. Oh, oh, thank you so much for those good words. God bless you. Yes. Thank you, Brother Bobby. Thank you, Brother. I think you're talking to me on this call today. Man, bless you, Brother Ron. I'm talking to all of us. Good work, Pastor. I was able to get in today. All right, missed last week, but I was in today. Thank you, Dr. Johnson. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wonderful word. God bless you. God bless you, brother. It was a good word. God bless you, Sister Robin. And I like what you say. You just have to let let it go. Let Let it go. go And he'll be able to use you. So thank you for that word. Amen. Here am I. Send me. He'll be able to use you. 100%. Anybody else? Before we close in prayer. Amen. Uh, I think that we only have about 30 minutes. And I think we got about another minute. So we will um, we will pray and um, continue to lift each and every one of you up in prayer. That God will be our shield of protection. There will be a fence all around us. He's a very present help. In our time of trouble, Father in heaven, we come now and we 
want to say thank you for this time together. We thank you for uh, showing us us. We thank you for showing us how and why we should worship you. Not because of what you've done, but because simply because who you are. You are God, and beside thee, there is none other. God, we thank you for our team. I thank you, God, for the service that they're doing. They're serving you by serving others. And I ask you, God, to keep them safe as they travel down these dangerous highways and byways. And God, protect them as they go in and out of these facilities. Just be that shield of protection. Be that fence all around us every day. And God, we are continuing to pray for our children as they uh, transition back into these schools. God, I don't know uh, what's going to happen, but I know you're an all-knowing God and you're an all-powerful God. And most of all, God, you can do anything but fail. So God, cover the schools, cover the teachers, God. Bless them in a special way. And God, we pray that somebody was is a little bit better as a result of your word that was given on this morning. Lord, lead us, guide us in the way that you would have us to go. Now, as we end this call and leave this place, but never your presence, be our guidance. Until we meet again, forgive us of anything we may have done, knowingly and unknowingly. Thank you for your blood that was shed on Calvary's cross that we may have a right to the tree of life. Thank you for dying, but most of all, you got up with all power in your hands. We thank you, God, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, we pray it all. And all the people of God said amen. 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 God bless y'all. Glad I caught on this week. Missed last week, but I got you this week. Huh? God bless you, Doc. God bless you. <laughs>